I think we are now entering in the new era of digital nomadism. I think we are so lucky to believe in this era where countries from trying to kick us out in Thailand, now the countries are trying to fight for us. And this is the best vision we could have. Hey, what's up, you guys? My name is Mikko Koshovsky, and welcome to episode 134 of That Remote Life Podcast, where we hear from location-independent entrepreneurs and professionals so you can learn to quit the cubicle and live life on your terms. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Dave Williams and Gonzalo Hall to discuss some exciting developments for Nomad X. If you're not familiar, Nomad X started out as a software and service that competed with Airbnb in the midterm rental market and was then acquired by Flat.io in 2020. You can learn more about that in episode 90 of this podcast when we spoke with Dave and Flat.io founder Radim Rezek. Recently, however, Nomad X made news again when Gonzalo Hall, the founder of the Digital Nomad Village program in Madeira, Portugal, took over the NomadX brand from Dave. So I wanted to bring both Gonzalo and Dave on the show to talk about that development and what it means for the NomadX brand. So you guys, you will learn three important things from this interview. Number one, why Dave decided to bring on Gonzalo as the new head of Nomad X. Number two, the vision that Gonzalo has for Nomad X and how they plan on helping the Nomad community in general. And finally, number three, Gonzalo, Dave, and I discuss the Nomad 3.0 movement and the next development the community can, spec- can expect over the next decade. But you guys, before we jump into the interview, make sure that you subscribe to my weekly newsletter, Nomad Insider. Every Monday morning, I send out a brief but informative email with all the top news from the digital nomad world so you never get left out. From upcoming conferences in new digital nomad visas to technology breakthroughs and the newest developments in remote work, this is the easiest way to become a digital nomad insider. It's completely free and you can sign up at thatremotelife.com forward slash nomad insider. Finally, I would love to hear what you think about this podcast. I've made it very easy to leave a review. All you have to do is just head over to ratethispodcast.com forward slash TRL and write your review. That's it. It's that easy. If you're enjoying this podcast, leaving a review is one of the best ways to support us. Reviews are a key statistic that podcasting apps look at in order to determine how to rank a podcast. So your review will directly help us climb the rank boards and attract new listeners. So thank you in advance for leaving a review if you choose to do so. But all right, you guys, without further ado, let's dive into this awesome conversation with Dave Williams and Gonzalo Hall. All right, Dave, Gonzalo, uh, welcome back to the show. You guys have both been uh, on the podcast before. Gonzalo, you were actually on on episode 103. We're talking about the uh, Digital Nomad Village in Madeira. And Dave, you've been on the show a few times. I think episode 90 and like 82, if if uh, that sounds correct. But uh, welcome back to the show, guys. 
Wow, Dave, Dave came first. Thank you for this, the invitation. Uh, good to be back. And I'm just now sad that Dave was here first before me, but that's okay. We can make it up. <laughs> well, I'm very excited to have you guys uh, on the show. We have some really exciting things to talk about because you guys recently announced that, Gonzalo, you have become the new CEO of NomadX. And so we're going to dive into uh, all kinds of things about what does that mean? Uh, why did you decide to get that job, Dave? Like, why did you think Gonzalo is going to be the right guy? So we're going to talk all about that and kind of, uh, you know, get to hear a little bit more about the behind the scenes. But first, uh, one of the things that I like to jump into uh, with any interview is where are you guys joining us from? So Dave, I'll kind of let you go first. Uh, I know that we touched on this before we hit record, but uh, where are you at the moment? And uh, how I'm is in, it there? Uh, Lisbon, Portugal in the Graça area. And yeah, it's super beautiful today. Um, I'm usually down in the south of Portugal, but I'm actually up here because I had a surgery on my knee about seven weeks ago. So I'm doing some rehab here. And then it's a really nice time because it's obviously the holidays and the city looks really beautiful and you know, a bunch of people that are still here hanging out in the city. So we're actually like one of good friends that, that actually I met was one of the first nomads I met just sent me a message and he's flying in today for the week. So I'm super excited for that. And uh, yeah, lots going on. So it's, it's really fun. How is Lisbon, because you've been in Portugal for quite a long time now, and I'm curious because I've heard reports that Lisbon has been getting more and more expensive because it's become so popular. So have you noticed that yourself being there, and how does that compare to where you normally are in the south of Portugal? Um, let's see. So it's definitely getting more expensive. I think that's just been a trend overall in the last several years anyway. I think there was a drop in the prices when the pandemic hit, so... You know, there's more inventory on the market. So the prices were definitely depressed quite a bit, but I'd say like 20 or 30 percent, if not more. Now we're seeing the prices start to spike again as more and more tourists come into the market, especially on the accommodation side of things. Um, at the restaurants and everything else, I don't notice really a big difference. I think some of the restaurants are giving some deals maybe on cocktails, with much, which might be more expensive. So I'm not seeing too much on the prices at the restaurants, but mostly I think on the accommodation side. But you can still negotiate good midterm rental prices, because I still think, you know, hosts are looking for midterm rentals at the moment. Whereas in, for example, July and August, it's the hot, it's the prime tourist season and all of the, the accommodation partners, a lot of times they're looking for the, the daily or the weekly rentals because that's where they make all their money. COVID was, was kind of crazy because while a majority of the world couldn't travel, my wife and I came down here to Mexico for uh, here specifically in Puerto Vallarta, where I'm now at the moment. And an apartment that we got at that time, we were paying about $1,000 a month for, and we noticed that it's three grand now normally. So we got a huge price reduction uh, when we went to live there uh, during COVID. But Gonzalo, where are you at at the moment? Because I know that you bounce around quite a bit more. Uh, <laughs> it's always kind of interesting to see where you're at. So where are you joining us from? So I am in Africa, actually, in a small country called Cabo Verde, in the city of Mindelo, also known as the capital culture of Cabo Verde, where all the music, all the craziness, all the incredible weather is. So yeah, right now in San Vicente, doing a project with the government as well, like we did in Madeira, and it's so cool to be in Africa. Although I, I kind of miss that vibe that uh, Dave was mentioning, the Christmas tree and stuff. And don't get me wrong, they, they do all the, the lightning, but it's 25 degrees. Uh, so it doesn't <laughs> feel like Christmas, you know? But yeah, it's, I'm just having a lot of fun learning about Cap Verde and the culture. And it's just great to do the first community in Africa. So just having a blast here. 
Uh, we're I'm I'm in the same boat, man. It's this is my first Christmas, quote unquote, because I know it's not Christmas yet. Where I'm somewhere really warm, and so my wife and I were like, it doesn't really feel like Christmas. So we went out and we bought a small Christmas tree, and it's just bizarre because there's palm trees outside that I'm looking at. It's kind of like a weird adjustment. But to kind of dive into this, like I said, you know, I teased this before we hit record. Uh, Gonzalo, congratulations on being named the new CEO of NomadX. Dave, I want to point this question to you. Why did you decide that it was time to hire a CEO for NomadX? And why was Gonzalo the person that you were like, hey, I think this is the right person for the job? Uh, and then Gonzalo, I want to hear from you afterwards. I will like restate the question. But like, why were you interested in like working with NomadX? Uh, so kind of like think about that. But Dave, let me know what why hire a CEO now for Nomadex? Okay. Well, just to clarify a bit, and maybe it hasn't been that clear in our messaging. And um, what's happened is actually, you know, I've kind of taken a step back. Gonzalo is moving in as the new owner of the company. I'm taking a, a smaller equity share in the business, really with Gonzalo really taking on the lion's share of the equity. And really what we're doing is transitioning the brand, which was previously more of an accommodation and community brand, where we, we transitioned all the accommodation piece of the business, which is about 2,000 listings, over to Flat.io, and that's actually turned out really well. That's a, now the largest market uh, throughout Europe. And then we had this Nomad X brand, which really wasn't being used. Um, so I had met Gonzalo on Madeira Island, and we were working together on the project, and we were partnering with Flat.io, and we got the chance to work together, and we've done some podcasts together, and we've done some conferences together. And I really was, you know, really excited about what Gonzalo has been up to, and just seeing the the traction and the momentum and the business model around what he was creating um, is really, really interesting. Because instead of just bringing in a community and just launching a community more from a private company perspective, he was really taking a much more collaborative approach with the local government. So it's a private public initiative. Gonzalo's very good at working with these government officials and really making sure they've got the right remote work um, visas in place and helping them polish up the remote work visas, really making sure they've got really fast Wi-Fi into the communities, the communities that we go into, really making sure that they've got like, uh, you know, all of the things that the nomads want, you know, from a community perspective, from a food and vegetarian perspective. And just really understood the market, you know, like I, I understood the market. I'm probably about 20 years. I mean, not quite 20 years, but almost 20 years, Gonzalo senior. So I'm a couple decades ahead of him, although I still feel as though I'm a, a young startup entrepreneur because that's been my career. And I kind of see a little bit of myself in Gonzalo, although he's much bigger and and more and, uh, and also making a lot of headway in this space much faster than I was. So I was seeing my limitations. And I've always really wanted to be in the space. And I just kind of saw like I was getting kind of, you know, my, my, my role as a CEO and we needed to make a change. And after talking with Gonzalo this last summer, we started talking and he said he really liked the NomadX brand and what it stood for. And he really liked all the work that we had done in Portugal. And we said, well, you know, listen, we're not doing anything with the brand right now. Why don't we move it over to you? Um, you can take ownership of the brand. We're creating a new company in Estonia. Uh, with the brand. And uh, so we're really going to be like a true nomad company. And uh, yeah, Gonzalo is running the company. I'm assisting him in various projects and helping with the transition. And I'm kind of like his wingman. So whatever he needs help with, I'm here to help him. But he's really running the show. And, you know, I've got a lot of ideas. Some are good and some are bad. So he he tells me pretty straight up, which is good. <laughs> 
and he doesn't need a lot of help. So it's nice. He's not calling me all the time for assistance. So it's a, it's a pretty easy role that I've got right now and I can just do what I want to do and really be flexible. So I'm yeah, very, very excited to be with Gonzalo. He's a local Portuguese guy who's been exploring the world. I, I, I say he's like the Magellan of the, you know, the, the 21st century here and, and he's uh, yeah, really colonizing the world, you know, starting with Madeira and going down to Cabo Verde. And we've got a lot of other markets following the routes of the old Portuguese. So it's, it's kind of an exciting time and it's a Portuguese based business and it just makes sense. And he's the leader of the remote work movement here in Portugal, if not Europe. So that's who, who else would be better? I mean, I couldn't get a better guy. So I'm, I'm super pumped and just to be able to learn from him and share this experience with him. I'm excited. Well, congratulations on that because I did think that it was just that you were hired as a CEO. I didn't know that you were taking over the company, Gonzalo. It's very exciting. I'd love to hear from you in terms of like, what was it about the Nomad X brand? Because this was, I was personally a little bit confused in terms of like, where was this going to go? You know, after the Flat.io merger, like, you know, Dave, I had you on here with Redeem to talk about it. There was almost a little bit of like an overlap, right? Where Nomad X and Flat.io were kind of doing the same thing. They were kind of sharing the listings. So I'm very curious to hear now, Gonzalo, about like with your vision. A, why even take over the Nomad X brand, right? Like, why don't you just, why didn't you just start a brand? of your own right from the get-go and like what was it that attracted you to nomadx and like what do you see in terms of like the future with that nice thank you so much yeah it's a uh, quite exciting so i actually met the brand when i was in bali and i was traveling the world and surprisingly these guys were doing a crazy job back at my home where i was not living for five years in lisbon and i was following of course what was happening in the nomad world and for three, four years ago, Nomadex was just killing it in Lisbon. And to be honest, if Lisbon is what it is today, Nomadex is one of the three responsibles for for Lisbon to become a huge Nomad hotspot next to Rosana and next to what Selena was doing there. Those three brands slash companies, Derek was organizing events every day back then in Lisbon. And I came back to Lisbon and I saw how crazy the community was and how beautiful everything that they were trying to build. And I kind of fell in love with the brand. Uh, but back then it was just like, we are partners. I'm happy to help with anything. Let's do crazy stuff together. And that was it. So what Madeira brought me to my vision was that there is kind of, I had this, I had this idea that we can actually do something from scratch in places that deserve to be known by the novel community. And but that was kind of a test. Can this actually work? Because we remote work advocates or digital nomad advocates, whatever you want to call it, I'm kind of in both worlds. We say a lot of things that were not tested. We say that we can create and change a whole economy starting with digital nomadism. We say that we can repopulate the interior of Portugal with remote work, but can we actually do it? So that's why I created the project. That's why we implemented it in Madeira. Well, it looks like we can do it. It looks like if a project is well developed, the partners are right, you can actually do it. So my idea with Nomadex is actually to scale that. So although I really got 20 kilos during the pandemic, I wouldn't call it scaling because I just scale on the scale. So I really think if I want, if we want to be in more places, if we want to do more things, if you want to have like someone representing a movement, that's the digital nomad movement. 
I think I need a brand. I think we need a brand. We need somebody to guide us. And there was brands doing this before, and I think they kind of scaled back for several reasons. I don't know what, what were the reasons, but I think DNX was doing this five years ago, very early. The guys were leading a movement. They were creating incredible conferences. They were, they were going to Brazil, to the Jericoacoara, and organizing a co-living experience. I think the guys even bought a house in Jericoacoara later. And they were leading a movement. They were leading the story that is told about digital nomadism. I think that was nomadism 1.0. I think we are now entering in the new era of digital nomadism. I think we are so lucky to live in this era where countries from trying to kick us out in Thailand, now the countries are trying to fight for us. And this is the best vision we could have. And of course, having a strong brand like Nomadex, I think I couldn't think in any other better brand. I thought about creating my own brand. So when this opportunity came, it was like, hell yes, let's do it. This, I love the brand. I love the mission. I know what you guys did. I know you guys. Why don't I can just recreate what is Nomadex? Nomadex is a great brand. It was focused in one market. Now it will be focused in the community. So that was the whole idea behind it. It was to scale the work I did with Madara, but to create unique experiences in the world, I believe will be this kind of the second stage of digital nomadism. Yeah, I think it's really like exciting, especially watching the Madeira project take place. That was definitely one of those things where I was like, hey, this is like what we've been talking about is, is possible and it's happening. Uh, and it was really, you know, I think I read somewhere, you guys said you had 15,000 nomads come to Madeira, which is uh, pretty insane because from my knowledge of uh, what Madeira is, you know, never having been there myself, unfortunately, it's not that big of a place. So that's really, really exciting. Nope. Do you think that that's something though, because you talk about, you talk about scaling that and you talk about doing it in more and more places. But one of the reasons why Madeira, to me at least, was so exciting is because it was like, hey, somebody's recognizing us, right? The same way that like the Estonia e-visa really worked in that way because it was like somebody's recognizing us. How do you see yourself differentiating and popularizing more of these movements as more of them pop up, right? Because just it being the one place doing that isn't going to work as much anymore. So Gonzalo, I'll kind of let you answer that first. And Dave, I don't know if you want to chime in on that with your with your thoughts afterwards. I really think that most countries are trying to attract nomads like Madeira did. And for me, it's super surprising that Madeira became the standard for all the new projects. Everybody wants to copy Madeira. But even though I share all the secrets mm -hmm. at 1,000 conferences, people still mess up, which is quite surprising. Uh, so the, the thing about Madeira is that it was, to be honest, a perfect project in the perfect timing. And it will never be as good and as perfect. It's just like... It would like a, it was a dream project. The government was in, not they were not just in, they supported us and they worked more than myself. The guys, they had three people working full time, 12 hours a day in the first three months of the project, answering emails, contacting media. We were doing conferences every day. I was talking everywhere. It was crazy. And it just worked because the government didn't just, okay, Gonzalo, go pay, I pay you, do this. No, they worked for it. Startup Madara, Carlos and Michele, they really worked hard for this to happen. So that support was key to what happened in Madara. And I think we can replicate it. And that's my theory. I think a lot of people say it was timing. I think time, timing helped doing, doing it in three months instead of maybe one year. I think the timing helped it scale it faster. But I think the project will work anywhere. And next year, we'll hear a lot about Cap Verde because Cap Verde from zero nomads will start to become a nomad hotspot just four hours from Lisbon. 
in Lisbon it's like 12 degrees, here's 25 degrees right now. This place makes sense. Uh, we acknowledge strategically this place is outside the European Union, so this place makes sense for all the reasons. So my belief is that in the future we'll have more places like this. And we see new projects coming left and right. We see Greece announced this week or Crete announced this week they want to do it. Spain just announced a new nomad visa after failing the first one. Uh, Croatia is still trying to push the nomad visa. I think Montenegro will come after. Even Asia will come in. Taitung and Taiwan are looking into it. Sri Lanka is looking into it. The whole world understands now what's a digital nomad and they're trying to attract digital nomads, but they don't understand digital nomads. So this is where we come in. We can, if we find a location interesting and the government is up to work with us and we believe that the nomads want to go there or there's something to see, there's something unique, we can work with governments and we can create what they are looking for with quality. It's not just bring people to Portugal. It's not just bring people to Madeira. People are buying houses in Madeira. People are opening companies in Madeira. And this is the key thing. Nomadism is great, but we are not nomads forever, at least most of us. So the whole concept is around this. So taking over the brands, going back to the original question, was just being able to do more of this with a stronger community. Because I have a community around me, but well, again, it's just me. What if I hire Sara to work with me? Will people not follow Sara? And this is the thing that the brand can give you that you alone cannot do. It's bringing people with you, bringing people with the brand, bringing people that understand our mission, not just with bringing nomads to places, but like local impact is very important to us. Working with our nomads giving back is very important to us. Economic impact is very important to us. Measure all these is very important to us. So the way we think, there is people that connect with us and want to follow us. And now they can follow Nomadex because they will understand that Nomadex connects all these thoughts. Well, if they just follow Gonzalo, it's just a guy. What if Gonzalo, the guy, decides to live in Madeira forever? Not saying it's happening, but what if, you know, uh, it's a long life. One day I want to have kids. One day I probably want to settle in one place. Nomadex will never settle. Nomadex will want to keep growing, want to create communities, manage communities, and do crazy things, explore Africa, explore South America, explore anywhere where we should be and where we should know and where it makes sense for us to be. So that's the biggest difference. And that's why I'm really passionate about the future, these crazy new years that are here to come yeah dave what about you like what do you see in terms of you know you kind of having been involved with the madeira project and you know through nomadx of course like what do you see as like the next steps like what are what are the next steps that we need to do in order to make more of these madeiras like what do you feel like is missing like where do we need to step up step up perhaps as a community to make more of these things happen from your, you know, kind of like from your vantage point. Yeah, I mean, I think the like what's what makes these initiatives successful is it's the projects initiated by the nomads um, through their various efforts. And there's no real one right solution because there's a lot of different ways to approach it. Um, I think you know some people contact us that you guys are approaching it all wrong and blah blah blah, and we're going after the corporates and we want to handle it this way, or we've got this other approach and you guys should do it the way we're doing it. But I just say, listen, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat, and you know, in terms of you know, a lot of different businesses, and so there's a lot of different ways to approach it. I share the passion with Gonzalo of trying to repopulate these smaller villages. I've always liked traveling and going to the big cities. But for me, the big cities all seem the same after a while. Everyone's going to work and everyone's going out to dinner and everyone's going out for drinks and all this peer pressure to do all this stuff. Whereas for me, I like to be in nature. I mean, it's fun for me to be in the city and I love it in the city, but I want to be either at the ocean to be able to go surfing or I want to be in the mountains to go hiking or I want to be able to go snowboarding. 
So there's all these different things that I want to be able to do and have like a lifestyle that's really wrapped around uh, what I've seen. Yeah, having a real nice lifestyle kind of wrapped around this digital nomad opportunity and in locations that are very affordable um, and where you really get it, you really can have a local impact and really meet the locals, you know, the true locals, not just the local city people, because it's a big difference. <laughs> You know, and they're really excited to have us, you know, and a, a dollar spent in these villages goes a long way. So the economic impact is significant. And a lot of times the nomads, I saw they were all aggregating, let's call it version 1.0, but they're all aggregating in these big cities, which is nice. The cities are already kind of like taken over by Airbnb and they're populated by tourists and the prices are going up a lot. And that's a nice experience to have. And I think a lot of the nomads want the city experience because they're, they're single, they want, they're outdating, they want to have you know, fun things going on right around the corner. But I think they also want access to really cool opportunities where there's other community members there. Whereas like Gonzalo says, it's a safe place. You're there with other community members. You're accepted within the community. There's activities for you. If you want to work all the time, you can work all the time. If you want to go out for a hike on a Friday, those groups going out for hikes on Friday. If you want to go for a swim in the evening or for meditation in the morning, or if there's a, like a meetup where you can go meet with people for, a, for lunch. Or for example, we have a huge holiday party on Madeira at this place called the Estela Gem, which is like a beautiful hotel on the cliffs. And they have the number one DJ coming from Lux, which is the number one club here in Portugal playing at our party. And it's going to be massive. Like we already have like sold out 340 people for this party, which we're a little concerned about. So maybe don't tell Madeira too much about it, but we have this big party planned and it's going to be really, really fun. So I think we want to create experiences and memories for people. Like when they arrive, and a lot of that isn't where you stay. I mean, the stay is nice and people want to places that are affordable. And that's the reason for our partnership with Flat.io is we want to make it as affordable as possible. But the reality is people are going to you know, go through Flat.io. They might go through Airbnb. They might find their own places. You know, there's co-living operators we're recruiting. So there's all sorts of options. But basically, yeah, we want them to be able to come on board, live affordably, go to really cool locations they would have never visited before. And when they arrive, they know there's an awesome community. And all these communities are a little different. You know, like our communities, we've got a certain vibe. You know, there's other communities that are real conscious communities. There's other communities that are real super party communities, like in Valencia or maybe some places in Mexico. And so I think, yeah, there's a little bit of something for everyone, you know. So I think what we put together is really like uh, it's nice because there's a lot of nomads concentrated together. They're all really into the outdoors. They're really into their work, you know, and they're having magical experiences. So these are experiences they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. And this is something that, you know, Gonzalo helped create. Obviously, I've helped participate in, but really, you know, Gonzalo is the leader and Madeira has been helping us out a lot. It's really been a nice collaboration. And we think, yeah, we've got the formula. It's worked really well. And we're going to replicate the formula, improve it. And as we launch new places, you know, Gonzalo has uh, other nomads he's connected with to help pilot new areas to make sure once we get there, everything is set up properly. So when everyone arrives, it's ready to go. We know it's going to work. So, you know, that's exciting. And then Gonzalo's got a really a lot of connections because all these governments are contacting him. So we kind of have our pick of the litter and we're getting approached by a lot of opportunities. But there's only so many of us at the moment because we're not trying to grow too quickly. We want to do this right. You know, it's not all about the money. It's more about the community. And yeah, we're just trying to build from there. It's like kind of top down, bottom up, top down from the government, bottom up from the community, and then just providing the right infrastructure. So people, once they get there, they want to stay. You know, fast Wi-Fi, really great co-working, really cool community. 
And yeah, they, maybe they go off on an adventure somewhere on their own for a couple of months, but they know they've got a place they can call home. And ultimately, lots of these places all throughout the world, we kind of feel like we're, we're colonizing the world, you know, each location at a time. And, you know, other people are doing the same, like in Bansko and, you know, other markets around the world. And so this, it's exciting. It's, it's, uh, it's needed. And there's a huge, there's a huge number of nomads that are coming into the market. So we need locations, you know, we want want to keep adding more and more locations and we think uh you know we think this could be a really nice business model you know we're not looking to become the next google or you know we're not we're not we're not uh, ipoing like selena at 1.2 billion although you know that's really interesting in the space that's coming up very soon so we're kind of taking a little different <laughs> approach i'm a bootstrapper i like it gonzalo likes bootstrapping and so we're we're doing it the old-fashioned way <laughs> Yeah, I think you touched on two really interesting words there when you were saying that, which was infrastructure and community. And for me, those are two very important parts of the digital nomad movement. And they're almost kind of like, I don't know if hopscotching is the right word here, but at one point, like the community will jump forward. And at the next point, like the infrastructure will jump forward. And I feel like pre-COVID, what happened was that the infrastructure was there. It was ready to go. It was ready to be used in this way, but there wasn't this demand. The community hadn't grown to the point where it could like truly embrace the infrastructure. And then one of the things that COVID did aside from forcing everybody to work remotely, but also because of that, the community just surged forward. And now for me, like with these small towns, I 100% agree with that. I'm a big city guy, but there's points in my life where I'm like, get me the hell out of the city. I want to go somewhere, you know, like maybe two, three times a year. I want to get out of the city. I want to go somewhere in nature. But the issue is that the infrastructure in a lot of those places isn't there yet right? Like there's certain parts here in Mexico that would be incredible digital nomad locations, but the, the Wi-Fi still isn't good. So we're still kind of waiting on that infrastructure to catch up to that demand now. And it's also interesting that you mentioned Bansko because as somebody who is Bulgarian, if you had told me 15 years ago that Bansko was going to be this big digital nomad hotspot, I would have called you insane. But the thing with Bulgaria is that Bulgaria has very good um, infrastructure for internet work and has had that for many, many years uh, through different programs and, and whatnot. Now, the infrastructure is starting to age a bit, which needs to be addressed by, I believe, the Bulgarian government. But it's an example of what can happen with a small town that has ends up having a good community. The guys over at Coworking Bosco have done an amazing job over there. And that also has the infrastructure of really good internet. Um, so I think it's very, very interesting to see how these things catch up. I'm very excited to see what small towns pop up and do kind of like what a Madeira did. I want to touch on, you guys have both mentioned this Nomad 2.0 concept, which is something that I actually talked about with Yaro Starak, who is maybe one of the first digital nomads, I think, uh, in the way that we at least view digital nomadism. And we kind of talked about this progression of the digital nomad movement, right? Like 1.0 being like these crazy people that like, you know, were really insane. And then there was this like nomad 1.0, which was kind of post four hour work week. People were like, oh, we can actually do this. And now post COVID, we're almost entering a new phase of the digital nomad movement. I'd love to hear Gonzalo, uh, what do you think this new you know, Nomad 2.0 or Nomad 3.0, if you want to count like the first crazy people who were like writers in the 80s and 90s. But what Fair. do you think is going to be the, the definition of that, right? Like what will that Nomad 3.0 world look like? Uh, yeah, thank you. I think it's 
very community-based. I think before we see, well, of course, there will only be lonely wolves and that's okay, but I see more and more people understanding the power of the community and the importance of the community for first little things like how we, how are things there? Uh, how is the internet? Can you give you more information? How did you got the visa? All this is so important to be in the community. But then our mental health, like knowing that you can come to Ponta do Sol and in the first day you'll meet 20 nomads, the second day you'll meet 50, and in the, th the third day you'll meet 100. And those from those 100, you'll probably choose 25 friends that you'll probably stay with for life. That's what happened. So we need these connections as human beings before we're super proud of having no connections. And I think one of the things we see that happened from nomadies from uh, COVID was that we understand that now we seek people, we need people around us. It's part of happiness. I always say this happiness is, it's a tripod of people. So community, uh, moving our bodies and nature. This is the tripod of community of, of happiness. And if that's, what we need, community is a key of a key of it. And being a digital nomad is super lonely. I'm lucky. I do this since the beginning with my girlfriend. So I never felt lonely. Worst case scenario, I have my girlfriend with me. Most people start this alone and it's hard. And that's why so many people quit this lifestyle because it's not only hard when you are when it's hard and you are alone, it's really, really complicated. So in my vision, nomad the next, let's call it the next way of, of nomadism. First, the community changed a lot. Uh, we had probably 10% full-time employees pre-COVID, and now in Madari we have 60% employees. Mm -hmm. This change is massive. I don't mean there is less entrepreneurs, but the wave of remote workers that just joined the community is massive. And these guys cannot follow the four-hour work week. These guys have to work eight hours a day or seven hours a day or something like that. Probably they can have a non-linear work day. They need to work. There is no massage in the morning and cocktail in the afternoon. These guys need to do their work. They are behind companies. They even are C-level people in companies like we have everywhere in the world. So with that brings a lot of uh, interesting differences. So the first one is positive impact is being more and more acknowledged having a positive impact in the locations. And we were lucky that with the partnership with Tarek and Nomads Giving Back, we we're able to teach this to all these new nomads that started in Madeira. Positive impact is important. The first thing is where you spend your money is important. What you do in the location is important. Who, who do you give you money is important. So I see this new generation of nomads being very interested in uh, sustainability and having a positive impact in the locations. Once we start here in Cabo Verde, we have around 30 people around right now, 30 nomads. Everybody's asking me, where can I volunteer? Everybody came, that came here, 100% of the people that came here asked me, where can I volunteer? I love dogs. Is there a dog shelter? Yes, it is. I love children. I love, I want to share my knowledge with university students so they can understand they can work remotely. And this is massive. This didn't happen before. Let's be honest. Uh, we were here beforehand. I went to Bali. I was like, wow, this is amazing. I spent my money there. That's true. But that was it. I was not interested in sharing my knowledge with the locals. Uh, I think maybe the locals don't even speak English everywhere I went. And now, no, now we want to go the extra step to have a positive impact in the locations we are. This is a massive shift. Also, I think the whole idea of living in community will change massively. So what we see is that people that met in Madara are not traveling together. So they made friendships for life. There's always people being added, but from the people here in Cabo Verde, 80% were in Madara, and 60% were in Caparica, my second community. And now they are here because they are friends and friends bring friends. So it's not like the people I met in the, in the road, most of them I never saw them again. But now because we are a little bit more constrained because employees need to work in certain time zones or else they'll go completely insane. 
people are actually building deep friendships that before one of the bad sides of becoming a nomad, you, you, will, not, you will not have deep friendships. And now you can have them. The guys went together to Krakow and were there for a month. Then during the summer, they went to Berlin and were just chilling in Berlin and having fun for a month. The same group that met in Madara. So this ability to have friendships is only possible because people don't travel the whole world. They travel to certain time zones. And this will allow us to actually have the community side, which is, again, one of tripods for happiness. So this is how I seek things. A lot of positive impact. People really want to have positive impact a whole new mass of uh, remote employees joining the community, which is amazing. And just this focus in sustainability and making the world better. I think this is a new wave of nomadism. And come on, it's a pretty good one, I guess. <laughs> Dave, I want to kind of ask you the same question, but um, maybe adjust it a little bit, because I think that you have a very interesting point of view from the fact that you've been in the tech world for a very long time. You kind of saw the rise of Web 2. Now you're seeing the rise of Web 3. And in many ways, like this is one of the things that I've been saying to some, some friends and, and people around that I've been speaking with is like, I don't think most people realize just how much of an overlap there is between Web 3 and the digital nomad movement. Uh, I think people kind of still see them as these like topics because they're kind of like, you know, online based, but the actual overlap of them uh, is going to be very, very interesting because they're very kind of synergistic, if that's the, the right use of that word. Um, but Dave, I kind of want to hear, you know, the same question in terms of, you know, like what is the nomad, the next stage of the nomad world going to look like? And just from your point of view, how do you think, you know, with where you're seeing technology, with what we're seeing with Web3 happening now, how is that going to play in with that new, you know, nomad 3.0 or 2.0 or whatever you want to call it kind of movement? Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I, I've actually been involved since Web1, so not to date myself too much, but I was actually... <laughs> uh, the first agency to one of the first agencies to ever advertise on Google and even before that. So I, I was back in 97, 98 buying ads for one cent per click. So I'm good in the early stages when you don't have to be real smart. You just have to be able to pick up on the trend. <laughs> and then I got into Facebook very early. So we we're one of the early partners back in like 19, started in 2008, 2009. We're one of the top five global partners uh, with Facebook and won their innovation award. We were also, we also won an award for the, Google Marketing Machine Award. So I've definitely, that's my secret power, I think, you know, is that I might not be the operational guy, but I'm a pretty good, like, visionary leader. And, like, what I've seen is, like, like what you were talking about before is, like, the whole infrastructure has been built. You know, we have this, um, this infrastructure with Google. We have this infrastructure now on the social networks, obviously, like, by Facebook and some of these other new platforms. Um, those obviously really took hold once the, the smartphones hit. Um, then we start to see these more location-based devices and being able to get around very easily. So like you said, we had the infrastructure was there, just the companies hadn't really caught up to the infrastructure because we were doing business in an old way. And that was just the standard. And so now we're going through this massive shift. And so I think, like you said, I, what I saw was the first wave of digital nomads reminded me a lot of the first wave of the early internet users, kind of more of a techie group, you know, they don't want to be sold to, they're very much minimalistic. And we still see that as a core part of the nomad movement. A lot of times I say the nomads are like hippies with, with smartphones, you know, it's like, it's very minimalistic traveling with a backpack, but now they've got this smartphone, which basically powers their life and they can really work anywhere they want in the world. And now we have, you know, new technologies that are being launched like the SpaceX, which I know you're into, 
Vitco, but really being able to be an internet, fast internet anywhere in the world in the future in very remote locations. So that's opening up a lot of these remote areas and getting, you know, fiber lines coming into Cabo Verde and having really fast Wi-Fi on Madeira. This wasn't possible, you know, just not too far, too long ago. You might only see this in the big cities. So this is opening up the world in addition to this trend around remote work. Um, and I think before, yeah, a lot of the nomads were misunderstood because I think if you talk to a lot of people that aren't nomads, they think the nomads are stinky hippies or they're backpackers you know, with their computers and stuff. And so a lot of times we have to educate the market. These, these are actually professionals. They work, you know what I mean? They make a living. This is a lifestyle. If, they, if, they mess, if they're out partying every night, you know, the lifestyle is not going to continue. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like, uh, I, I think it's an aging demographic as well too. So as many as you have these younger folks coming in, it's hard for the really young folks if they don't have much work experience, cause you need to have the experience, um, to be able to actually like set up a business, to have a job, to be able to afford it, to be trusted by your bosses. So usually we see it's like 25 to 35, 35 to 45 is a secondary segment. The 45 to 55 segment is growing very rapidly. And I think you're starting to see also a lot of people that are kind of like now thinking like, you know, the great resignation, let's resign, let's work part time, let's live in a lower cost area. I don't need to be in this big city anymore. And that's not just, you know, with the retirees or pre-retirees. It's also this younger generation, the Gen, the Gen, Gen Z and the, and the Gen, Gen, Gen Y, Gen Z crowd is all like, you know, let's, this, the, I think 60% of their people want to leave their jobs. Well, Gonzalo probably knows these stats better than I do, but there's a huge trend towards, you know, people want to do a restart. You know, they don't want to go back to their old company in the old ways. And what's the easiest way to do that is through a restart. And so this is offering a huge restart opportunity, not only for companies, but for professionals. And I think it's it's creating a huge push. As, as much as people want to be in corporations, I think it's also, there's a huge push towards entrepreneurship. A lot of people are burned out. Like we were seeing about half of all nomads I think start their journey because of burnout, you know? So a lot of these nomads are looking for something different. They don't want to go back to the big mm -hmm. city life. They don't want to spend all of their income on going out every night. They want to save some money. They want to have life experiences. And they also want, you know, professional gratification. They want community. They want to be able to meet cool people. It's almost like going to a conference, but like the web summit, you come here for web summit for three days and people are just blowing it out for three days. Who knows what kind of work gets done, but what, once you come home, it's just a blur. But we come on one of our experiences, you're there for, let's say, two and a half months, three months on average. You meet all these amazing people. You get to have lunch with them, you have dinners with them, you're working with them. You're building really, really deep relationships. Maybe you're not sitting in a conference room, but you're definitely like learning and absorbing a lot of information. And that's creating business opportunities, business partnerships, life partnerships, marriages, you know. And that's what we see, too, is it's not just single people like you guys. You're both traveling with your partners. Uh, I, I travel with my wife, but I see that as a huge trend too, is like, you know, people traveling with their significant other, forming businesses together. And it's kind of like the dream, you know, you head out as a single nomad and meet this amazing person on your journey and start a life together. You know, maybe it doesn't always work out, but it is fairly romantic, you know, to think of it that way. And if it doesn't happen, a lot of people just want to go on the journey on their own. And that's why you've got you know, services like, you know, Nomad Soulmates, you know, they've got a great service online and they're launching an app. So there's, yeah, it's just like, it's really, it's really, everything's opening up and there's technology platforms now that exist, you know, like the one we have for accommodations and also like remote.com. They're going to, 
facilitate this. So the, the pipes and the operational infrastructure is all being built right now. And a lot of what Gonzalo is doing too. And community is what we see as the number one thing. I just want to add here that Web 1.3 part, sorry, Mitko, which is even the way we are thinking about Nomad Dex is not as common for normal companies, which everything is very centralized. So the whole idea behind it is very decentralized. The mm -hmm. decisions will be decentralized. We are looking into Web 1.3 with a lot of interest. We have so many people from the industry in our community and even teaching us what we should do and giving opinions that is really fun. But even the ownership, we want to give ownership to the community. We want to give ownership of some decisions to the community. We want the community not just to be in the community, but we want them to lead and help us lead where we should go next, what kind of events should we do, what kind of impact should we have in these locations, why should we go to X, uh, why should we go to W. So all this decentralization part of the Web.3 is definitely something we are implementing in the new Nomad X because if, if we are building for the community, it just makes sense that they are part of the decision-making process. Yeah, I think we're, I mean, there's so many interesting things happening at the moment, and I really think that the next decade is going to be very, very exciting and is going to see a very drastic change in not only the way that we live and the way that we make money and the way that we work, it's way more so than like Web 2 had as an impact. Because, I mean, you know, Dave, you mentioned how much more of, of like an interest there is in entrepreneurship. And it's something that I've talked about a lot on this podcast is in terms of, you know, on one hand, you're having automation. On the other hand, you're having remote powered outsourcing. So what happens to nine to five jobs is they get squeezed from both sides. So regular people who have been, you know, very, you know, have been able to lean back on the nine to five corporate thing aren't going to be able to do that anymore. And, you know, all of it's just going to be, I'm so excited. <laughs> There's so many things to talk about yeah. on this subject uh, that we do not have enough time to, but I do want to uh, kind of touch on this kind of last question here, Gonzalo, as you know, you're now spearheading Nomad X. Uh, I'm very excited to see everything that you're doing. I think you've done a, a phenomenal job so far with Madeira and all the other projects and Dave as well. I think you've done a great job with Nomad X. But Gonzalo, where, what are the next things that people can look forward to? If we can kind of like talk about some concrete, concrete things in the next year, 2022, what can people expect out of Nomad X? Uh, what are some of the, the things that you're planning at the moment? They can maybe go check out uh, start planning things uh, around uh, any events or anything like that. So just kind of give us a quick like 2022 vision for NomadX. Thank you. Well, they don't know half of this, so this will be fun because this is stuff. <laughs> I, I, I'm just planning 2022, so this will also be news for Dave. Hey, Dave, sorry, that's just how it goes. I'm just planning the next year. So first thing we are no, decentralization, right? Co-ownership. I, I just take all the credit. <laughs> and trust. Trust is the most important Gonzalo's, concept. <laughs> that's what I love about Gonzalo. He just he comes up with all these amazing ideas and I just I just give him a thumbs up. <laughs> so first we are doing a big launch in January where we'll announce more specifically the whole roadmap for next year and it's going to be completely insane. But I can tell you that we are organizing two big events, uh, one in Madeira and one in Estonia probably. And uh, not confirmed, everything is in the cloud, but we want to organize two events that will be somewhere between sharing knowledge and the community side, because it's very important to us, as you noticed by now. And second, we are seeing, um, we want to prepare more locations. So we are looking into, of course, I uh, can tell you that Azores is very interesting, and I'm talking with them for a while. Algarve, the same. 
nothing is confirmed, but you see, these are two places where we want to go. Also, there is so many interesting places that I'm take, I'm having conversations right now, but again, nothing is confirmed. But basically, we will spread the community at least to new communities and at least to new continents will pop up next year. I'm looking into South America, something it's definitely a place where we'll be by the end of 2022. And I'm looking into Asia, a place I love, but there is already so much that it has to be very strategically and really well thought out. Definitely, we are launching an online community to connect everybody because it has been one of the issues is that people that met in these different communities have to connect in WhatsApp groups and God knows, Facebook groups, etc. So we are definitely going for an online community to connect everybody. No idea how that will work, but I can tell you that by the end of January, online community will pop up and that most people uh, that see our vision can be part of that. And again, one of the key parts of all these, we want to create experiences. And we will, I, I started a project called Nomad Experience, where we go to places where nomads haven't been, at least in a large number. And we go there for one, two or three months just to understand if that's a place we want to do something. That can be Africa, that can be South America, usually places off the beaten path because we want to explore and we want to test possibilities. It doesn't make sense to open a huge project with all the resources without testing first. So we will see at least two or three of these nomad experiences next year. For sure, South America, again, uh, I'm Portuguese and we have a strong relationship with some countries in South America, so you, you can make your own uh, investigation about that. And one thing I'm really strong on it, again, is the impact. So we have a strong relationship with Tarek from Novats Giving Back. We are definitely making that. Uh, they will be like our impact partner for everything we do, even just thinking about how we can have an impact all around. So it's a little bit of all this, new communities, new locations, new events, uh, new everything. And whatever the community tells us to do, we will do it. If the community tells us we should all move to Iceland, we will go for Iceland and see what's Iceland about. I would love to go to Iceland, actually. Uh, so yeah, it's a little bit of that. That's the basics. We're creating an online community. We make sure the community have places to go. We are creating these new offline communities for people to jump in, preparing the locations, preparing the infrastructure, and then managing the community and making sure the community is amazing. In Puntus, so we have five to 10 events a day. I cannot promise you that in all the locations or else everybody will burn out. But I can promise that whatever location is on the Nomadex website, once we launch, that location has a strong community or we are working into building a strong community the same way we did in Madeira. So yeah, that's next year. Uh, it will be massive, but I hope we can handle everything. And I think it will be very exciting. And of course, there's a whole new world we are looking into, the web point three. Nobody knows what will happen, but we are looking at it, understanding how we can adapt that new world to our vision and how, to, how can we make it useful to Nomadex and to Nomadex communities. So we don't have anything specific, but definitely looking into how this new world, having conversations, trying to understand, meeting people and understanding how if we, if and how we can build something interesting to the whole community based in Web.3. So far, nothing new, uh, but... But we'll see. That's a big focus. We are still learning. We are not from that world. We are learning everything from scratch, like most people. So let's see what's uh, there to do. I mean, if something, we'll do it. Like It's all about action, action, action. We, we will act fast, whatever we decide to do. Well, guys, Gonzalo, Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's always such a pleasure to talk to both of you guys. It's always so much fun. I think you guys are both working on really exciting things. Um, let people know, Dave, uh, you can go first. Where can people find you on social? Where do you want them to connect with you? Uh, websites, anything like that. And then uh, Gonzalo, same to you. 
I mean, the best connect with me is just uh, on LinkedIn for David Nickel Williams, and ICOL is my is my full name. Uh, but also very active. We have a private Facebook group, which has been I've been keeping it updated. I haven't been you know as active as we once were because we kind of slowed that down a bit due to resources. But we do anticipate gearing that up a bit. But everything that we're doing is in there. I'm trying to keep it updated with Gonzalo's information and cool industry trends that we're seeing going on and any neat updates on events or different things that we're seeing. That'll probably expand quite a bit as we get more integrated at the beginning of next year. Um, so you can visit that. That's the Nomad X uh, Facebook group, um, you know, travel destinations for remote workers. And we'd love to see you guys there. It's about 12,000 people in the group at the moment, but we expect that to really blow up quite a bit. And then other than that, I'm just up here in Lisbon kind of roaming around. <laughs> so you might see me out once in a while or over at the gym. And uh, yeah, just really happy to be a part of this whole initiative. And I, I didn't really answer your Web3, but I definitely think like Gonzalo said, Web3 is huge. We're trying to really closely evaluate it. You know, we've seen some players in the industry jump in quickly and we just, we don't want to burn anyone in the industry. We want to make sure we've got a really strong foundation. We you know, start slow before we try and go too fast. So it's, we're a little, we're, we're, we're careful because we realize, you know, that's not everyone's into Web3 in the community and that we don't have to go at warp speed, but we do see a lot of opportunities there. It's just a matter of sort of sifting through it all and figuring out where we can play a role in this, in the future of the, of that, that space. So yeah, super excited. And Mitko, really appreciate catching up with you again and doing more podcasts in the future and hopefully seeing you in person because yeah, we have a lot of respect for you and what you're up to. And I try and follow your journeys as well. And I think, yeah, your journey is super interesting too. So yeah, really appreciate the opportunity, man. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I need to make it over to Portugal. It's been too long and yes. I've been wanting to go so many times and it just, it just keeps not working out. But uh, Gonzalo, where can people find you online? Uh, first of all, many of your listeners came to Madad and said, I heard about you in, in the Midco podcast. So congratulations on the podcast because your audience is just amazing. And so many of you guys came to Madad and said hi and say, Miko said hi. So thank you so much for that, everybody. LinkedIn is the place where I share most of my thoughts. Gonzalo Hall, there is one, only one of them, which is good. And Twitter is where I say things and share news that are more fast-paced. So LinkedIn is where I think and Twitter is where I react, basically. Uh, and that's at Gonzu Hall as well. And then, of course, Nomadex. From January, we are relaunching the website, a new website with everything that we will do next year with the proper roadmap and something that will event on the way. So check that out, nomadex.com. Super simple. And again, if you are in Cabo Verde, Madeira, Caparica, if you want to come to Portugal, hit me a message on LinkedIn. Happy to guide you, do whatever, meet in person because you guys are amazing. And again, thank you. It was incredible. Thank you, guys. Uh, this has been a, a ton of fun. 